you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. With three and out from each side. Thomas Morstead has had, in some ways, his best year at 37 years old. Drives Darius Davis back, and a pretty good return. Good's turning to great. Darius Davis, he is gone. There are no flags on the field, and those are the first points on this Monday night. Touchdown for the rookie. Eckler, the touchdown machine, is in. And the Chargers add to their lead. Fourth down and goal, and shut out of the end zone. That's fitting right there. Is Conklin. No touchdowns allowed tonight by the Chargers. And the Chargers will take over on downs, and Derwin James is fired up. Big night for this L.A. defense. Some games it takes everything you got. You leave part of yourself on the field and, and you're okay with that because that's what it took to emerge victorious to be a winner then there are games like what we witnessed at the Meadowlands a game where you know the bare minimum will do all you have to do is show up put forth a professional effort and then the other team will just self-immolate right before your very eyes enter the Los Angeles Chargers who got an early punt return took advantage of some turnovers by a miserable Jets offense and cruised to a 27 to six win on Monday night football, a woeful contest uh, in terms of uh, unless you're a Chargers fan uh, in terms of uh, football entertainment and what's the first of a run of not so hot primetime games. Um, Dan hands is here with Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Um, obviously you guys know, I'm not going to be happy about this game as I talk about it. But uh, for the Chargers, it's another nice win for them in prime time. Uh, even if it wasn't overly impressive, they end up winning uh, by over 20 points. So it ain't all bad. Right. It was crazy. 
this whole game thinking, I can't believe they're only up by this much. But then you would look at Justin Herbert's numbers and you would look at Zach Wilson's numbers and they were exactly the same, except one takes a ton of sacks and one fumbles and one turns you know, bad plays to worse plays. And that's Zach Wilson. It wasn't Justin Herbert. But I do think you got to give the Chargers defense some credit. It's like, oh, they played the Bears. Oh, they played the Nets. The Bears played two good offensive games sandwiched around that one where they dominated. As bad as the Jets' offense has been, and they've only topped 300 yards in a game twice, so this wasn't, you know, the whole season. So this wasn't totally out of the ordinary. This is the least they've scored. This is the the most sacks that Zach Wilson has taken. They they turned the ball over three times. And they're getting good play from Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Tuli Peloto. So it's been such a bad Chargers defense for so long under Staley that even the last month where they've, they've looked pretty good, it's it's baby steps, but it's something for them to at least feel like maybe they got a future. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's like it's much easier to focus on, you know, and I think Troy Aikman was doing this, like what is happening with the Jets and why it's not working. It's so obvious to us all. Um, but what I see is like another one of these examples. There's a couple teams out there like this where it's like you've got a Jets defense that held a good Chargers offense to 191 total yards at 3.4 yards per carry. Um, they looked helpless. And it's like there's two, this Jets team is split right down the middle and it's cracked like an egg because the other side of the ball can't do its, 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 its part. And I just felt like the cutaways to Robert Sala tonight, um, it was a man adrift. And I, I think it's, it's fair for him to feel that way. It's also fair to look at an organization that, Dan, I think you tweeted about this, did nothing about the quarterback position before the trade deadline. Um, maybe overly loyal to the concept of Zach Wilson, who I think even a week ago, it's like, you went into this game saying he's improving, there's hope here, there's X, Y, and Z, um, but it came to fruition tonight where that's just simply not going to, you know, it's not going to carry you through the rest of this season. And, and like my hope for the Jets is damaged a little because of what we saw tonight. Um, it's, it's I, I don't know what to say. I feel like we've run through all the narratives on Zach Wilson. We've run through the narratives <laughs> on this offense and it's like, what do you say at this point? I mean, I've been yelling about it for weeks that it's absurd and it's embarrassing um, that they did not protect themselves uh, after Aaron Rodgers went down, knowing what they had seen two years from Zach Wilson, that he's an ineffective quarterback way in over his head. And then you look around the league and you, you see what Tyson Bajan has done for Chicago, which is like move the ball at least. And you look at what Josh Dobbs uh, just did for Minnesota, a guy that they got, you know, they moved, I think, from pick 200 to 220 to get Dobbs in that building. Um, and and then you look at a team like the Jets that sat on their hands at the trade deadline, um, did not react after the stunning Rodgers injury. Um, and that's not all. I thought this game, uh, w all the Jets' warts were on clear display in front of a national audience. And if you've been listening to the show and paying attention, like I haven't been a cheerleader about this Jets team the last few weeks, even though they were on a winning streak. I don't believe Robert Sala is a difference maker as a head coach. I don't believe uh, that Nathaniel Hackett is a guy that should be an offense coordinator if Aaron Rodgers isn't his quarterback. I don't believe the offensive line is competitive uh, with these injuries. And I don't believe Zach Wilson is somebody that's going to take them to the playoffs because he's going to just keep killing them. And I was getting into some uh, Twitter skirmishes with Jets fans because there's a faction of Jets fans that will defend Zach Wilson because they're drinking the Kool-Aid that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, who I do not feel 
bad for because he's played a part in this Zach Wilson is secretly getting better uh, campaign that is totally BS um, that that you can't just look at what's happening here and and blame everything on Zach Wilson. That's what they'll tell you. And that's fair because the offensive line is way in over its head. Um, but at the same time, a lot of things go back to the quarterback. And Greg, I thought you put it well at the top. Like there are quarterbacks who can take a bad situation and make them better. There's bad quarter. There are types of quarterbacks that take a bad situation and things stay level. And then there's the Zach Wilson's who are in a bad situation and make things worse. And you saw that clear on clear display, even though he didn't throw interceptions, he did everything else poorly. And Troy Aikman is going nuts for the second time on Monday night football in three months this year. Absolute. You could hear him pulling his hair out because he cannot watch this guy uh, play at this level. Yeah. I, uh, I started writing down some of like the sarcastic Troy Aikman bits. There was one <laughs> thing coming out of halftime and he said, well, you know, you would think they'll improve in the second half. He's like, you would think the law of averages w- would say they would. And on that play where Zach Wilson spun out of a sack, which, which one of the, the only times on it, he spun out of it and it looked like he was going to make a nice play, but then he misses the easy throw to the sidelines. He's like, he did the hard part, you right. know, just like through throughout the game, he, he, he said, He's like, I probably don't need to tell you, you know, when it was a fourth down that, that they struggle on this down, too. And you you could hear the frustration from Troy. And that's a fun Troy Aikman, but I, I'm sure it's not a fun broadcast to be a Jets fan listening. But you're also sharing it. I think the comparison between him and Herbert is interesting tonight because Herbert didn't make many big plays. Herbert's numbers are are woeful. 16 for 30 for 136. It was one of the worst days of of Herbert's career. But he knows how to manage a game. He he saw what this game was. He he realized he just needs to avoid sacks, avoid mistakes. The Jets hit him nine times in the first half, 13 times overall. And so he took five sacks. That's a lot of sacks, actually. But Jack Wilson was hit seven times. He took six sacks. He fumbled it. Um, he he made a lot of bad situations worse. And, and Herbert saw where he was. He was gifted good field position, and he was gifted the punt return. And he was just playing the game as if like, I need to just land this ship without making any big mistakes and get out of here with a win. And that's what he did. And in fairness, he, Herbert did on one of his sacks also fumbled the ball, but oh, uh, they had, a, they had some, and he had one near in interception too. So yeah. It he wasn't, wasn't a good game. He played, I mean, Gret, uh, Mark, the, the, the jets defense, you know, it's only a matter of time now before you start hearing stories about this Jets defense um, really starting to bubble over with frustration uh, because of the offense. It happened last year, and now it's just a matter of time because that was a very embarrassing loss despite them playing very well. Right, like the DNA is already there. Like this this happened a year ago, and like it, I think the most frustrating thing is that that felt like a bad dream. You're back in it. Um, there's this mythological concept that Aaron Rodgers is, will, will come back at this point. But you know what? You know what I, I wonder, like in another parallel universe, like how different would this be? Because I look at this offensive line and I think that's one of the biggest problems here. Obviously, it's been a disaster. Like Billy Turner was destroyed tonight, but they've had about 378 line combinations. And it's fair to wonder if Aaron Rodgers wouldn't suffer, have suffered behind that too. It would be a better like ecosystem in general. But it's a terrible situation for a young quarterback. And I don't think, you know, despite adding these wide receivers that Aaron Rodgers um, wanted to pluck from the universe, like it's not a great wide receiver group beyond Garrett Wilson. And it's just like this side of the ball is is adrift at sea, totally lost. And you've got this defense that feels to me 
like one of the greatest wasted defenses that we've seen in the last decade because they can what they did to Justin Herbert tonight is extremely notable and what they've been doing to quarterbacks week after week is notable and it's like it's getting lost in the shuffle of one of the worst offenses that we witnessed. I'm glad you said that, Mark, because you're right. This is not a Super Bowl team, even with Aaron Rodgers healthy, um, because of the offensive line. And uh, again, Nathaniel Hackett, like Billy Turner is getting lit up over and over and over on that right side. And at no point do they change anything to help him out or take him out of the game. And they just expect things uh, to get better. And and you're right. Rodgers did uh, pave the way for... Randall Cobb uh, being on this team, who was mercifully phased out finally after the bye. He was the worst wide receiver in the league by some metrics. Uh, And Alan Lazard has not been their number two. There was reporting out there that Devontae Adams was someone they were hot for uh, ahead of the trade deadline. Uh, But, Greg, uh, to your point about pushing the trade deadline back a week, I think there was some bad luck there with what was going on with the Raiders at that moment. Uh, But that also tells you that the Jets understand a couple things, that Lazard is not a number two that the Cobb is not a real slot receiver. Uh, And now I hope they're learning that Zach Wilson is not a quarterback, but I'm going to guess as we throw to some Robert Sala post-game sound uh, that he still believes in the kid and there is room for growth. Uh, Rob, take it away. Was this a step back for Zach, Robert? Uh, I I don't know if you could say step back. You know, there's, like I said, there's, it's all encompassing. Like, um, you know, obviously, he's going to want some things that he he wishes he could have done better. Um, uh, you know, we from from protection to, to, to it's just a little bit of everything. It's just uh, one of those bizarre games. It just every time we had momentum, uh, like I said, just a self inflicted wound. Uh, wound uh, was it his best game? Obviously not. Was it his worst game? No, I'm not going to say it was even close to his worst game. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. It's like when he emphatically a, says it's not even close to his worst game. Right, because like, have you seen some of those you know. bad games? Like, they were pretty bad. Uh, that stuff. That, he, Salah is not, Salah is, I don't know if, is he not smart enough to see it? Uh, maybe he's just, the wool is over his eyes here. But if he's packing up his stuff in a box in January, uh, it's going to be because he was not, uh, he was complicit in how this all has gone down after Rodgers' injury. I mean, well, that's, well they're not good at uh, quarterback evaluation by any logical metric, you know, just because they they got in with Zach Wilson, that ended up being a bad pick. A lot of teams, I think, would have made it. But sticking with him last year and, and versus, you know, like the Mike Whites of the world and stuff and, and sticking with them through that and in, in the way that they didn't get anyone this year. But when you start the game, I just even think like back to the, the that first drive, like these, these things kind of let you know what kind of Zach Wilson night it's going to be. The very first throw was like to the moon. It wasn't even close to his receiver. And then the next very next throw almost got his receiver killed. And those are like the first two throws. And I just felt even in that moment, it's like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights. And the Chargers defense feels it. You almost can see the teams love to play the Jets because Joey Bosa and Mac and Tuila Pelotu, like they can rack up sack numbers. The secondary, which has been a disaster this year, can fly around and make big hits. I think Aloe Gilman does add something to this team. He came back last week and he, he's a real player there at safety, but there there's kind of a frenzy of like, ooh, we can really tee off. I haven't seen a Chargers defense that can even do that against bad defenses in a while. So that's a that's progress. But I, I think it gives the defense a lot of confidence when you just start the game like that. And Dan, I think it's ominous that all this was taking place while Arnold Schwarzenegger was introducing 
the nation and an international audience to his pet donkey. It just seemed like uh, too many things were happening at once here. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it a step further. Uh, even before that first series, Greg, they showed uh, Wilson coming out of the tunnel uh, before kickoff. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, this is not a starting quarterback who's going to be successful. I'm not going to say he looks scared. He just looked... He just looked like he was about a million miles away from New Jersey and certainly not someone that was about to step on the field and make plays. And and he didn't. And I just I want because I think these things get flattened out and it's going to be like, oh, you know, you're just saying everything's on the quarterback. It's not only on the quarterback. Uh, there are a lot of things wrong with this team. To uh, Mark's point, I think one thing that's been made clear uh, through these eight weeks is that the Jets offense was flawed in a lot of ways. And Rodgers, I don't think, was going to ride in and make this a top 10 offense. I think that would have been a storyline around this team if he was there. But even if he doesn't blow his Achilles on the fourth play, which was just rotten luck, what's the chances he's healthy at this point of the season with this offensive line, which was started out as a question mark, then it got snowed under by injury. So um, I, I just I struggle to take the Jets seriously. Um, they might hang around uh, because of that defense and, and steal a couple more de- games. But this is what it looks like when they the defense, as good as it played today, didn't have those big turnovers. Um, this is what it can look like because the offense is that bad. And it was just as bad last week against the Giants. Uh, and and uh, I, I don't give them any automatics going further. Going further next week, what, it's going to be Billy Turner against Max Crosby? Good luck to that. Good oh, luck. Man. You don't want, yeah. You don't want to lose to Pierce and O'Connell, but who knows? They're a team that I feel like is going to be in every game. And despite the final score, they were in this. That's the crazy thing about it is they held Justin Herbert and the Chargers, who I know have been struggling. I, I think it's fair to say the Chargers aren't a good offense at this point. Like, I can't take they, them seriously either. They, they they were a good offense yeah. for the first month of the season. They've lost Mike Williams. They've lost Joshua Palmer. And they haven't been a good offense now for about five weeks. So that's a pretty long stretch here. They had the good, pretty good game against the Bears, but even that, that was like a half, and it was against the Bears. But they held Herbert to 3.4, or the Chargers to 3.4 yards per play. It was actually better when they ran the ball. It was 3.1 yards per pass, per drop back there for the Chargers. So... <laughs> Like they got one drive. It was an eight minute drive at the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter where they hit four straight third downs. And it felt like old school chargers in that it was like run two yards, run negative one yard. And then Herbert hits a nice throw on third and nine. And they did that for about three throws. And then Keenan Allen made the one exciting offensive play of the night with that jumping catch. And a great, a great charger goes over 10,000 yards for his career, which is pretty cool. Second all time in team history. He, he has said he really wants to pass Antonio Gates. He's got a shot to do it. He would probably have to play two more years. Like that was the nicest offensive moment of the night, but then that was it. And they, you know, their drive stopped right there too. Like most of their drives stopped. The difference was they weren't like giving up 20 yards and getting blown out of field goal range. They would just stay in field goal range and they would hit their little field goal. And they only scored 13 points on offense. It was, Didn't you get it was, the feeling when you're, as you're watching the game, like the Chargers were like almost like Will Hunting on the chalkboard, trying to figure out some type of equation what that will allow them to let the Jets back in the game. And they were just like, we can't. We want to charger this and make it come down to the last drive. But the, there's no there's no 
mathematical possibility that the Jets, <laughs> as they're currently constituted right now, will make this interesting. So they're like, all right, I guess we'll just win 27. I, I win you. I mean, I thought I honestly thought that like I, I don't recall too many games where I thought that Justin Herbert. I mean, he was floating through a dark dream during the first part of this. It's like that's what's so frustrating to me. It's like great for Keenan Allen. I'm, I'm happy for him. But that's what the Chargers are. It's like these these benchmark statistical moments for these players. Um, the team achieves nothing on on the whole, and like Justin Herbert tonight, like this is what's so frustrating about this experience. The Jets' defense took a great quarterback and made him look completely lost for big chunks of this game, and it amounts to nothing. I just find that so frustrating. Like, I mean, we haven't seen. I had not seen a game with Justin Herbert at the helm like that. And the Jets can do that. And they've done that to multiple quarterbacks. And that's where we're left. Mm. And it's like, you know what? Sorry. It's like it's we, no one's allowed to say anything about Nathaniel Hackett now because it was um, unpopular what happened to him a couple months ago. But like, where is the creativity? Help Wait, this team out. Wait, that's not true, Mark. You could, you could criticize the, uh, Nathan Well, Hackett I know, I know. But you know what I mean, though? It's like I, th- I thought that was, it was way too severe like yeah. when it happened. And like he's, he's a, he seems like a wonderful guy. So it's like it's not the first person I want to like take aim at. I just but want to fly around like a butterfly. Exactly. Like I like him, but like um, there's just there's just like no answer. He's, like, he's one you, of many problems with that offense, right. no the doubt. So I don't want to I don't want to keep going right. on the same road, but it's just like it's so frustrating to watch a great NFL defense, which is very rare in 2023, capsized and left on an island the way they are. I know when it, when it was Huff and and Jermaine Johnson, I was thinking. I'm with you. Maybe Sal is not a difference-making coach, but I was thinking of the difference between him and Staley, who were hired the same year. They're both third-year head coaches, both a little embattled. Both could, you know, use a playoff run or, or a nice season. And at least Salah, like, you see his imprint. You see what they are. You see the vision on defense, and you see that they were able to build that vision. And, and a lot of it's with, you know, new players like Johnson and and Huff has become a good player under him. And it's like they have something that's his. Staley's a defensive coach, and you're you're not really sure what he is because their offense is always changing. And, and like, so Salah has something to hold okay. on to. The I, problem is well, okay. that their offensive line is the uh, what their GM is trying to build, and that's been a total disaster four years in. I guess. And, the, you know, that's it. My Salah thing is more, I think he's a little more sizzle than steak. I think one guy that doesn't get enough credit is Jeff Ulbrich, their defensive coordinator. Um, and they have so much talent on that side of the ball. Like if the defense wasn't balling out, um, Sala would be the worst coach in the league. Um, but I just think his leadership, I don't know, sometimes leaves something to be desired. And I, I like these, they are dreadful. They're even worse than the Giants in the first quarter in terms of scoring uh, opposition. Uh, they're, they're minus three trillion about. And I don't know. I just think there's a lot to be concerned about right now. Where we are this Monday night as a Jets fan, there's a lot to be concerned about. The only the only good thing before we take a break, the only thing I could take out of tonight is um, like Jets fan misery. Um, big W over Chargers getting a Chargers nation. Like in terms of like what it what? sucks to be, uh, it definitely sucks way worse <laughs> to be a Jets fan than a Chargers fan, at least tonight. Tonight. We got that W. Take that charger's gonna charger. <laughs> Take what we you showed can. you what it's really all about to be miserable. Just end the season, baby. Damn. <laughs> Let's take a break. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. All right. That was great. I, I I love that we're going to keep on talking football. Um, so let's move and hit some news. What happened in the NFL since we uh, last spoke with you? And by the way, before we get to the news, every Monday we do an NFL Plus Game of the Week special. Uh, and uh, you could get that on NFL Plus with a subscription here in the States, uh, outside the country. Uh, I believe we're on DAZN. I hope we're on DAZN. We better be on DAZN. Tell us if, if you're watching us on DAZN. Let us know. Yes, please let us know. Uh, we broke down the Eagles versus Cowboys banger um, and watched it and had a good... Mark, we had a good time doing it, didn't we? Uh, I think that it's you know an exercise that we've been working on weekly. I thought today was the most fun yet and it was a thorny game with lots of plot points and you know we went at it in multiple ways so like those two teams definitely feel like they're in a different league than the chargers and the jets and they are they're in a league of like teams that could win the super bowl and 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 that was not what we saw tonight true contenders correct um and this is actually a free trial week for nfl plus so you can access that we'll send out a link 
uh, on ATN's handle. All right, let's start uh, with the Cardinals. Uh, head coach Jonathan Gannon said Kyler Murray will start in week 10 against the Falcons. That from our own Omar Ruiz, our buddy. What a good guy Omar is. Um, if all goes well in practice this week, that's the one, uh, you know, uh, disclaimer there. As long as he doesn't have a setback with his uh, knee, um, he's going to take reps with the starters and he will make his debut against the Falcons. Mark, your thoughts. Well, I just, I, you know, for me, I came into the season thinking he might be traded. Um, they might find a way to cajole us into believing that there was a reason to sit him the entire season because of their tank situation. But you know what? They have like already two number one picks and a second and I think three thirds and a fourth and multiple fifths. So they're well stocked. And I think if any, from another angle, if you're Jonathan Gannon, and you're the coaching staff, um, like a post Cliff Kingsbury view at what Kyler Murray can be in this offense um, with this team, with this roster is good self-scouting. And from another angle, if he plays well, uh, if you wanted to move on, like move on from him and like pick up a different quarterback in the draft, you can elevate his trade value if he plays well. So I, I kind of see from an, from another angle, competitive angle, because the Cardinals have from the beginning sort of said, we're going to try to win these games. Our roster is not going to allow us to do that. But I think about a month into the year, I was like, yeah, I think they're going to play Kyler Murray. And I think as soon as they feel he's ready to go, let's go for the ride and see where we end, wind up in January. It, it's it, at an interesting time, though. I, I did not necessarily think Kyler Murray was going to play this year, and I'm glad to be proven wrong. Maybe that was a cynical thought. They have the number one overall pick as of this recording, and there's two quarterback prospects in this class, Caleb Williams and Drake May, that you know, coming into the draft are probably going to be higher touted than any quarterback of the last two years, at least like they would have been higher than, than, than Stroud and, and Bryce Young and their real deal. One, two type of guys. Kyler Murray is probably good enough to get them out of that top two where they won't even have a chance to necessarily take us. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it won't be. This team is pretty rough and they're pretty injured. Their, their running backs are all injured. Michael Wilson, their nice rookie receivers injured. Zach Ertz is injured. Like, it's a terrible defense. Like they're still a mess. Maybe they will have a top two pick, but or they could trade Tyler Murray and uh, t get a number one there or two, and then wheel and deal to try to move up the board. There are different well, that's options. Fair. Yeah, that, that's true. Like they could have the five overall pick, and if Kyler Murray's uh, available, it's true. But it does show, you know, certainly integrity, and I think a genuine belief that they want Kyler Murray to be their future quarterback is is what the point I'm trying to get to, and I think they would love him to play well and make them feel good about having Kyler Murray, which makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it. I feel like it's a nice, a nice sample size for them. Although it should be to be fair to Kyler Murray to expect a guy to come back from reconstructive knee surgery. Uh, I don't want to, you shouldn't judge him too harshly on how the next nine weeks go or whatever, but they get another look at him before making a huge franchise decision. Uh, the Giants made a huge franchise decision when they gave uh, Danny Dimes a $160 million contract, uh, dollar contract extension this offseason. And uh, one of the worst seasons in recent franchise history uh, hit its rock bottom moment on Monday when it was confirmed that Jones tore his ACL in the loss to the Raiders. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is out at least three more games uh, with his rib injury. So it will be the Jersey kid, Tommy DeVito starting. Let's listen to Dable. Yeah. Well, we have DeVito uh, Barkley's on a practice oh. squad and you know, we've, we haven't been back for 
we've been back for less than 12 hours. So, um, you know, I have some meetings today with Joe uh, as the day goes on and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, no, I think Tommy did a good job. But uh, again, uh, I'm not going to give you one thing and it's a, a different thing. I have confidence in, in Tommy. He's done a good job. Uh, but, I, you know, I sit down and talk with Joe and uh, figure out what's next. Greg, the Giants are steaming to toward four and 13, um, which is going to give them a top five pick. Uh, as well, um, Daniel Jones, yes, it was $160, $160 million extension, but there's only one year left of guaranteed money after this year. So they are very much in position to go after a QB as well. Right. And uh, Danny Dimes, yeah, he he's guaranteed $35 million next year. So he's he's either on the roster or you're just eating that or you're trading that and paying for it if, if you got a top pick. But I don't know that they might be in the in the position right after the bears. Now the bears own the Panthers pick. The two of them play each other, which is bizarre on Thursday night. Uh, and so they own both of those picks. So they have a good chance, but you throw the giants in there, you throw the Cardinals in there, maybe the Patriots. And this is a really strong top three too. Cause Marvin Harrison's son is like another generational receiver pick, but he, he's probably going top three too. And like these picks are going to be valuable and the giants, who knows they, to me, they're the team I could see of all those teams that might not win a game the rest of the season if they're starting DeVito or Barkley. Sounded like he was leaving a little room there to maybe switch to Barkley, which, which is possible, but I'm not sure that's going to make much of a difference. I think like um, it's pretty interesting that Brian Dable was hired to be a QB whisperer, um, but he's telling the nation with a bit of a smarmy look on his face that Tommy DeVito um, played pretty well. So something fishy is going on here, and I kind of like it. If you're a Giants fan, you got to get through two tough months. But what they're trying to do is tell you, we're going to have a whole different quarterback that you never even heard of um, in the pro system. In a couple months, he's going to be one of the top college quarterbacks around. That's what Brian Dable's doing. Was it well, smarmy, or do you mean more? Was it like a, the, the cat mean, that has the canary in its mouth? Like what, A little, what yeah, just that? sort of like sitting there like, yeah, I think, let's, hey, guys, like I know what I'm talking about, and Tommy DeVito looked pretty good out there. It's like, I'm sorry, like – like if you're he, a child that's been watching football for 12 months, you know that's not the case, but we'll all sit and buy it. Well, what's he going to say, Mark? I know, but like, but I think because I think the larger plan is Ooh. get through a terrible nuclear winter um, and you come out in the spring with one of the top college quarterbacks and Brian Dable's back sitting on the throne. Well, it's crazy, though, coming off that Jones contract. I mean, it is. I, I feel bad for Daniel Jones, of course, with that injury because it was as ugly a season that could be and he was bruised and and battered. And now we're at the point where it's like, is Daniel Jones ever going to play for the giants again? Maybe, may, maybe not if they get the top five pick. And if he is available, think of those teams, like who would be available off those teams, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, maybe Daniel Jones, maybe uh, Mac Jones uh, for your uh, third round pick, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what he would really fetch in the market, but a lot of quarterbacks could be available. Saucy Zach Wilson. Um, in <laughs> other news, the Vikings, not a surprise here. They plan to start Joshua Dobbs against the Saints after his three touchdown relief uh, effort against uh, it was against the Falcons, I believe. Oh, and they got Kyler. They're just kind of in the crosshairs of all these Cardinals QBs. So that is uh, logical. And we'll see what Dobbs can do with some uh, more reps in, behind the scenes there. Bad news uh, for Cam Akers, who came back from an Achilles injury, actually became the first guy ever to tear his Achilles and then not miss an entire year. He was back for the Super Bowl um, with the Rams a couple of years ago, but now he tore his Achilles again. 
with the Vikings, and he is obviously out for the season. And a running back uh, two Achilles tears, uh, you don't you hate to say it, but the chances are we might not see Cam Akers around anymore. But good luck to him. And uh, finally, Taylor Heineke. He will remain the starter for the Atlanta Falcons. I guess he did enough uh, to uh, convince Arthur Smith that he is the better option than Desmond Ritter. I believe Arthur Smith shaved his mustache. Let's let's listen in to Artie. Going into this week, we'll, we'll go with Taylor this week and um, you know, kind of reassess after after this week going into the bye. Uh, you know, there's always things to, to work on. You know, he's played the last six six quarters and uh you know scored 48 points with him back there uh absolutely <laughs> want more than that but it's just that'll be the plan this week i, I mean i can't take him seriously but go ahead but, go ahead wait a minute like hold on i will say one thing for him go ahead he had created a somewhat edgy edgier version of himself looks wise and he went back to, he now looks like his dad his own dad like i liked what he had going on before so i'm mm. not but you I need thought, to be maybe you need to be winning. Like he hasn't earned that mustache. He wasn't speaking with as much uh chutzpah either, I feel like now. He's he's kind of backpedaling. Didn't his father, isn't he a billionaire that founded uh FedEx? No, but I'm saying he maybe he's literally trying to be his dad. Looks like his well, first of all, it doesn't help when you take the older look, which he just did there, and you've got this gigantic like IBM. Um, like they're sponsored by IBM. It's like IBM just reminds us of like dads from the eighties and nineties. So don't love that. But like Arthur Smith seemed very morose there, a little downtrodden. Um, I think that his, you know, words of wisdom to the press have fallen on deaf ears. Finally, there's a lot of people, you know, riled up about what he's had to say. And I think he, he's, you know, it's gotten back to him. I think they have a buy coming up. So at some point we're probably going to see Desmond Ritter again this season, but ultimately Arthur Smith hopes we don't because that means Taylor Heineke is on a, a heater and they don't have to go back to him. But most likely we will see Desmond Ritter again at some point. Uh, let's take a look at Arthur Smith's dad. Let's see what a billionaire looks like. We have a picture. That's okay. Fred Smith right there. Yeah. Looks like a guy that makes decisions that are successful in terms of yeah. the bottom line. Looks like a guy that stays in the black. Looks rich. Um, Jamar Chase, uh, good job. Um, earmuffs, Mark, uh, good job by Chris Collinsworth on the Sunday night football telecast. Jamar Chase went up for a ball in the second half, uh, of their win against the bills and came down uh, wickedly hard. Uh, the, that makes me think of the, uh, John Travolta, um, uh, introducing, uh, Dina Menzel. Uh, at the Grammys a couple years ago, or maybe it was the Oscars, and he butchered her name. Um, and he knew he was in trouble as he's reading the teleprompter, and you could see a flash over his face. Oh my God, I don't know how to say her name. So he kind of uh, slows down and he goes, The wickedly talented <laughs> Adine <laughs> Menzel. Can we find that? Uh, Eric, that's a good way to close the show. Can you find John Travolta introducing uh, the frozen chick? Um, at an award show. Anyway, uh, Chris Collinsworth, good dude uh, at, at calling games sometimes. Um, as Chase hits the turf hard and lands on his back, Collinsworth, a former wide receiver, says, 
I could tell you he's going to crawl out of bed tomorrow after that because he'd done it himself. Jamar Chase said uh, on Monday, I'm alive. That's the best thing right now, which sounds like a guy that literally probably crawled out of bed with sore ribs and back. And uh, it's it looks like um, we're not sure if we're even going to see him on the field uh, for week 10's game against the Texans. It's a fun little game, too. I know it's a little early to get into our previews, but a little Stroud, little Joe Burrow, you know, former Ohio State legend. Uh, Texans have made this season more interesting, but yeah, we need we need Jabbar Chase out there for that game to make need it him. even better. The Browns uh, moved Jedrick Wills to injured reserve, a, a tough one, out six weeks with a knee injury. Mark, what does that do to their offensive line? He's been up and down. Um for a couple seasons in a row, uh, they'll plug in James Hudson, who you know, played a little bit, obviously, this past weekend, has played before for them. I guess for me, I feel like the Browns are one of the few teams that have an O-line coach and Bill Callahan that can kind of like, could probably take the three of us and have us be somewhat serviceable for a mm-hmm. couple snaps mm. if need be. So I, it's, they've, they've, you know, they lost their right tackle. They've now lost their left tackle. That would doom most lines. Um, Cleveland has a little bit more help because of the special sauce with their coaching, but you're getting close to the edge. Were you watching this game tonight? Cause you've been very pro jets on the podcast, Mark. Same Was I episode. watching it? I mean, like, no, no, for, no. Why yeah, I haven't okay. gotten to, to oh. what I'm asking when you were watching it. <laughs> he hasn't gotten to the punchline yet. Fair okay. point. Um, were you thinking, okay, I've been saying the jets have some magic to them. I've been rooting on rooting them on. I want them to win. Or were you thinking, well, if the Jets lose, I go to sleep tonight and the Browns still own that seventh spot. The entire AFC North is uh, locked into the playoff seating as of week nine. What were you thinking? I wasn't projecting out that far. Um, I, <laughs> the WikiLeaks talented be, Greg Rosen, though. Yeah, I was just attempting to get through this viewing. I think most fans were because just to your point, you know, like the game that we watched, rewatched today, Cowboys-Eagles, felt like kind of football royalty in terms of drama and what you'd want out of a week nine game in the NFL. And this was the polar opposite. Can it's we, not fair to the fan bases. To? But can we just Sorry. move on from Sorry it? to not bring it I'm up. As, I'm answering the question. Hey, you know, what I'm about that Darius Davis? Nice little <laughs> ball player, you know. But no, I wasn't dreaming of um, playoff standings at this point for anyone. And nor do I. And I'm, I think you're attaching me to something that I don't totally need to be Greg, attached stop to. being a stinky Davis. Yes. Um, Finally, in the news, um, sometimes Greg throws things in the news and they make sense in his head, but I have no context. Well, I always what put this a question is. to it. You don't Chiefs Prez colon. We want to be the world's team. I don't know who that is, what that is. Oh, that's the president <laughs> of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think so. I just thought <laughs> you would Hunt. like this. I would. I just thought it was very. Grandiose. No, it wasn't Clark Hunt though. It was. It was like some executive, like a. VP. Oh, I mean, if it's not Clark Hunt, what are we doing? It. It. He. He says because you know they're doing the Germany game. I guess they own the NFL rights, or they're one of the teams that owns the rights to promote themselves in Germany. You have to like negotiate and pay for all this. I think the Jets are one of the teams, for instance, in the UK. Am I? Am I right about that? The they, they're very are. invested there. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe they'll be giving up a home game every other year to go play overseas. And he said. We we don't want to be America's team. We want to be the world's team. Okay. That they that they wouldn't be doing a service to their organization if they didn't take advantage of this moment in time with the success 
and with the players. These these were his words to not try to become the world's team. And I just thought that might be a fun little piece of uh, meat to end this podcast on this 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 grandiosity from the Chiefs to be the world's team. <laughs> um, this is how like company presidents get the four hundred thousand dollar bonus in the Jaguars. Like they they just think up these things, and it comes with some type of a hundred page report that they have an underling uh, work up that features a bunch of bar graphs and uh, arrows pointing up and um, explanations how we can make this thing that we have into something much, much more lucrative. And I'm sure this is one of the data points and bullet points of that presentation that earned him $477,000 on top of his salary. Yeah, it's like it's the it's straight. It's direct from it's a rocket ship from the middle manager playbook. Um, he executed it well. And, you know, I think we've seen through some of these plans in our own career. See, the and he's not a middle manager. He's a, a president, apparently. Well, but they have the same, you know, playbook. It's just when the higher you go up, like the certain initiatives actually end up you know, reaching the masses and, 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 you know, now we'll see if the chiefs become truly the world's team. Good luck to them. Those were his words. And uh, to be clear, it was chiefs president, Mark Donovan, who who did admit it can sound a little arrogant, but the opportunity exists to become the world's team. We feel like this is our era. Well, they, when you got the quarterback that you do, yeah. But why don't I mean, we start with America and then see if we can conquer forget, the world? Keep, forget Chiefs Kingdom. It's, key, it's Chiefs Universe. Because they're I not think, the most I popular team was, in the country. I think he was quoted at probably from like a German beer garden where everything felt real right <laughs> in the moment, you know. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's get uh, – let's go out thusly. Uh, this is John Travolta at the Academy Awards, uh, I believe, about nine years ago. There will always be a special place in my heart for the movie musical and for the songs that create their most memorable moments. Here to perform the Oscar-nominated, gorgeously empowering song, Let It Go, from the Oscar-winning animated movie, Frozen, please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeem. (laughs) (laughs) It's worse than I thought. <laughs> the wickedly talented Adele he Dazim. Said, he, he said Adele Dazim, which is pretty far from Adina Menzel. <laughs> the wickedly talented Adele Nazim. But Dan, how do you not go into that assignment knowing the the name? Or like he's, I mean, he, you he's, think you think John Travolta's doing a lot of prep work for his thirty-second uh, read at the I don't Oscars? now. Now no, I do not think I, he is. I think he's showing up. He's seeing that thing for the first time. <laughs> wickedly talented. Um, all right. <laughs> you know, and I love Travolta. Like, he's just one of my guys. I always root for him. But uh, <clears throat> that was a good one. That was good. And by the way, he, he finally gave it up, by the way. He was like the, uh, speaking of presidents, he was the president. He was the CEO. He was the emperor of uh hair plug hair plug and our wig nation yeah mm. and if i eventually he was just like you know what F- it. and he just he went clean and he's got the lex luther look yeah i've been bald for i think four or five six seven years at this point yeah. so mm. I, he once drove next to me uh on sunset boulevard 
hmm. in, in Brentwood when I was like 22. And I thought, well, this is very L.A. There's Tr- John Travolta and I'm here driving on Sunset Boulevard. That reminds Had hair me. Then. A little, just a little story, but it stuck with me. Um, that reminded me of uh, driving on the 101 with my brother when he was visiting Kevin Danger and uh, AJ, the bad boy from Backstreet Boys, kind of pulled up in traffic next to us. And my brother was like, yeah, bro, AJ, rock on. And he just like threw him up deuces and then like zoomed off. It was awesome. <laughs> Way to go, Danger. All right. Uh, <clears throat> see how well I'm taking the jet loss? It's it's fine. Like there's nothing to get upset about. It's they are what they are. A deeply flawed team, and and to Jet fans out there that are are sane, just know, eight more games of Zach Wilson, and then we're I think done. The takeaway the takeaway for Greg and I and the listeners that you're an ultra professional. Um, so immense respect coming back to you. And again, that are, are you saying that I am the wickedly talented professional? I think I'm saying that. Yeah, <laughs> the wickedly talented. <laughs> play play us out with Travolta one more time Uh, Eric we'll see you uh, check out NFL Plus it's a free preview and we'll see you on Wednesday with Connie Fox there will always be a special place in my heart for the movie musical and for the songs that create their most memorable moments here to perform the Oscar nominated gorgeously empowering song Let It Go from the Oscar winning animated movie Frozen Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazi. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.